0: Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. (laughs) Come on, 2021, come on, please be. Oh, yes, it is 2021. I don't know, I saw that meme where it's like, you know, 31st of December 2020, 1159, and then... 1160, and you're like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was a little concerned that that might just be, anyone have flashbacks to 2012 when the world was going to end? No, Okay, that's, that's fine, that's, that's fine, but we're here, we made it, and I'm so pumped for this year, it's, it's exciting, and um, I, I, I genuinely believe we're actually in for the best year we've ever had. Um, as we step out of our seventh year with Pastor Sam and Carolina leading us as a church, uh, we're stepping into the eighth. Uh, year, and I just think uh, seven being the year of completion, we're just going to go to a whole nother level this year. And so I want to honor our location pastors, Pastor Sam and Carolina. Um, I, I'm still a young guy, but I've, I've come to find that lots of people start things um, and not many people finish them. And so I want to honor Pastor Sam and Carolina for just for their consistency, not just for starting what they began years ago in ministry, but the, the consistency in which they continue to move forward year after year, getting bigger, better, um, and can, continuing to inspire us to bigger and better things as well. So I'm excited. We're with you. This is going to be our best year. Who's excited for a new year? Who's already stuffed up their resolutions? Single woo over to the slow left there. We're with you, you can restart, that's fine. Uh, Listen, if uh, you want to follow along on notes for this message, you can jump on the Bible app, um, or you can check out the podcast during the week. Hello to everybody online, Uh, we think you're awesome, we can't believe that you're with us through technology, uh, and we look forward to the day that you get to be with us in the room. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 25. Say, got it, when you got it. Say, I need more time, if you need more time. Okay, we'll wait, it's fine. All right, this is what it says. Chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, it says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is, today, which is there today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But, everyone say, but. haha! Ha, you said but. <laughs> but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about t- t- for tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. We're uh, coming under the theme at the moment um, called Come the Call. Um, And this is a theme where we get to really gather around and and remember that we have a call, we have a purpose for our life, that God is inviting us into his grand narrative um, and the things in which he's called us to do, uh, both as individuals and as a corporate body of believers, the church. And uh, it's exciting for us. And and I want to establish right from the get-go that every single person here tonight has a purpose. You have a reason for being alive. Listen, if you can feel your pulse tonight, if you've got one, Um, If you don't, please let us know. We'd really like to solve that problem. But if you do have a pulse tonight, you have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. Ephesians uh, 2 verse 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he planned beforehand that we should walk in them. Right? So that God has foreordained that each and every one of us has a purpose for our life. You're not here by mistake or happenstance. You're here because God, the orchestrator of all things, the author and finisher of life itself, has a plan for your life. You're here for that reason. And it's our job as believers, as Christ followers, to figure out what specific part we might play in God's plan. And so over the next couple of months, we're going to unpack that and it's, it's going to be an amazing couple of months. I encourage you, don't miss a Sunday. The question that pops to mind immediately for me is a bunch, or well, not just one question, but a bunch of questions actually when it comes around purpose, when it comes around calling, when it comes around figuring out what I'm going to do with my life because this is like one of the great existential questions of our time is like, why am I here? What, what am I, like, am I just a bag of meat and blood and bones just walking around planet Earth sucking oxygen until the day I die, or is is there more to my life? Right. Is, is there something more significant to me? Like these are some of the questions this is the question and, and then some of the other questions that come to mind is how do I find my purpose if there is one? Right. Where do I find it? Is there a location? Do I go on a pilgrimage? Is is there a, a person I can talk to that I can get a download? Is is there an app I could download on my phone that would figure that out for me? Anyone see The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, old movie, and goes to the big computer and is like, what is the purpose of life? It's like 42, and you're just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Like these, these, I I hope it's not 42 because then I've got more questions. (laughs) What are the filters we should use to focus our attention on making our life matter? Can God still use me in the second half of my life? Can God use me if I'm still in the first quarter of my life? What if I've made mistakes? Are there mistakes that disqualify me? These are some of the questions we come to when it comes to purpose. And hopefully tonight, I'll, through what I'm speaking, what I'm saying, you'll get answers to or directions towards how you might answer those questions. Because when we answer this question about the purpose of your life, when we answer, it's probably one of the most crucial questions you can answer. Because it gives your life clarity, it gives your days and your moments a sense of purpose into which you're moving towards something, and it aligns you with the purposes of heaven, and you get to see heaven open up over your life and favor come upon you in ways that you could not even begin to imagine, because you're walking in alignment with what God has put you on this earth to walk in. Listen, if you're here tonight, you're a guest, thank you so much for being with us. Um, This message is significant for you because you're going to learn and understand that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You might not have a personal relationship with Him yet, but hopefully I'll be able to convince you tonight, or less of me and more of the Holy Spirit, in fact, will convince you tonight that God has a plan for your life. You're not here by mistake tonight. God ordained it that you would be here to hear this message. And listen, if you're a church person, you love Jesus, you've been following Him for any period of time, but you know that you have a relationship with Him, this message matters for you because it's going to remind you that you have a purpose There's a reason for you to to make something of your life, to live your life for a a cause greater than yourself, a reason more than than beyond your base desires of feeding, eating, sleeping, and then dying one day, hopefully not too soon. The title of my message tonight is called The Birds and the Bees. Some some people like that just went over their head and then there's a whole other generation that just went, oh, I hope he's not gonna talk about what I think he's gonna talk about. (laughs) Let's pray. Father God, give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Father God, let these words that I'm about to speak tonight bring life to people's minds and hearts and souls. Holy Spirit, that there would be in this place tonight an an awakening of your church. God, to live every day on purpose. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Do more than I'm even asking for. God, use every word of mine beyond what I'm merely saying, God, and and transform people's lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, when I was dating Sarah, we, um, we went to her favorite place in the world, it's Australia Zoo. And um, well, I don't know if it's her favorite place, but let's say it's top 10 anyway. And uh, we, we had a great relationship at the time. I can't tell you at what point we were in our relationship, but I remember it being a great, great relationship at this point. Um, and we went into the Crocoseum, which is the big amphitheater at Australia Zoo, and, um, and we're sitting there in a, a group of thousands of people waiting for the croc show. And before the croc show comes on, if you've ever been to Australia Zoo, they do like this um, birds of a feather type of a show, and they get all these birds of prey out and all these parrots and parakeets and all these types of things, and, and there's like dubs and pigeons, and it's a bit comic at points, and it's, you know, really cool at other points. And anyway... We're watching these amazing birds, like huge eagles and falcons and, and, and vultures, like just doing, uh, you know, just coming in on command and, and flying through, and you're just like dropping out of the sky, and you're just sitting there, like, this is awesome. This is like, you know, the world around us and David Attenborough all together combined, and you're sitting in real life. It's awesome. Um, and so, and anyway, as, as the show goes on, there's this one part of the show where they, they ask for audience participation. And, um, and, and so they're like, listen, we've got this really special bird. It'll land on you. Um, it'll, you know, it'll come and, and land on you. We just need some volunteers. And so you know, there's a bunch of people who start putting their hand up. And Sarah like, grabs me so enthusiastically. And she's just like, you need to do this. This is going to be awesome. Please, I want you to do this. If you even love me, you'll do this. You know? and, and I'm like, I want to be your hero, baby. All right? So, <laughs> so I'm like, OK. So I don't just put my hand up. like you know oh yeah pick me woo you know I'm like I'm like up I'm like you got to choose me you know like (laughs) pick me my marriage depends on this we're not even married yet but it could pick me and so I got chosen Um, I have a way with drawing attention Um, so they choose me and 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 then so over the next couple of minutes they instruct us on what we need to do they they give us instructions like, you know, you'll have to put your hands out like this, you know, don't move too much because your face could get pecked out, you know. Um, And you're standing there, you're like, why have I done this? Uh, I love you, but I'm not so sure anymore. Um, And and so then then they're like, and listen, you're going to have to do uh, like something to draw their attention, which is like make a noise and a sound and some specific movements that are uh, common to the, like the mating rituals of this bird. And so I'm like, Okay, but I'm, you know, like something's starting to dawn on me that I might have been set up. But I'm looking at my wife and she, like, big puppy dog eyes, like you're the greatest. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's do this. Um, and so my hands are out like this. And then they give us the, 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 the words, but it's not really words, the sounds that we're supposed to make. Um, and the movement that we're gonna make. And so I wanna set the scene up for you. There's about like a thousand people in the amphitheater. I'm one of maybe four people who got chosen from the different like parts of the amphitheater. And I'm there, arms stretched wide, everyone watching me. And I this is I'm not proud of this, but this is this is what happened in real life. You ready? Ta-ta! Ta-ta! And my wife literally ruffled, like rolls off the chair and starts rolling on the ground laughing and I immediately knew I'd been duped. I don't know what gave it away, but it could be the fact that my wife just absolutely set me up to be humiliated in public in front of thousands of people. And I, and I just stood there going, hey, I got nothing. Like there's just no way to come back from a moment like that. And the reason I tell that story uh, is because that moment got me thinking about the birds and and the the things that I saw during that that performance, if we could call it that, that travesty. Um, And it got me thinking about how these trainers like train these birds to do the incredible things. And we were reading the Chronological Bible the last couple of days and it's going through the creation account. And it talks about how God set man up in motion gave him a purpose right from the get-go to subdue the earth. And it talks about ruling over the fish of the sea and the birds of the airs. And and when I read that statement, it it came alive to me as I was preparing this message and going, you know what, right from the get-go, right at the very beginning, something that was established was God gave man purpose. And it's still the same today that God gives every person a purpose. And although some of us aren't going to be training birds, every single one of us has a purpose. I'm blown away by what we as humans can achieve when we put our minds to it when it comes to nature around us. I'm reminded of the fact that God's purposes still stand for us even today, just like they were for Adam years and years ago. In the beginning, after that moment, though, something happened where we we were in the garden as as God's creation, Adam and Eve were there, and, and we had this purpose. And then sin enters the world and all of a sudden our purpose is skewed. Our capacity to fulfill what God has called us to fulfill is marred and changed and is altered because of sin entering the world. All of a sudden, our desires go from being the, 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 the mankind that God created us to be to fulfill His desires and walk in union with Him and have perfect relationship with the God who loves us and created us. And all of a sudden, we're separated from Him and our desires change. Our, our priorities change. Our concerns shift. All of a sudden, we move from, God, I want to please You. and I want to love You. and I want to do what You've called me to do. And I understand that You're going to take care of everything. Because you've provided everything. The Garden Eden was a, was a paradise. It, it, it says that they had food a- a plenty on any tree that they could eat anything from. They didn't have to worry about anything. It says they were naked and unashamed. And everyone said, Amen. <laughs> all right, no one said amen. <laughs> Thank you. And so sin enters the world, and that, that all changed. All of a sudden, mankind's like, I'm naked. You're naked. We need clothes. Like our priorities have shifted. All of a sudden, we're, something that was a non-issue before is an issue. Wow. We move out of the garden and, and now as, hum, as mankind, we've got, to, we've got to till the ground. We've gotta farm and and, and gather flocks and and keep away predators and all of a sudden, our priorities have shifted. Our concerns have shifted. Instead of now just being solely focused on God, purely focused on His delight and His pleasure and His purposes, now it's like, okay, I've gotta tend my sheep, uh, do my lawn, uh, get rid of the weeds, protect my wife and family from predators, and oh, hey God, good to see you again, if I can even do that because now this this thing that separates me and I don't feel like I'm worthy and, and I feel dirty. And, and I, I can't understand, but I know you're still there, but I've, I've got a whole bunch of other things that I've got to really sort out. And all of a sudden, the beginning of life is starting to sound a lot like our life. Like Monday morning, I'm back at work. I've got these 3,000 things I need to do to get the internship launched at the end of the year. You should sign up. That's one for the night. <laughs> there will be more. I know. I now have a benchmark that I've got to beat this year, okay? Anyway right i've got young adults that needs launching we've got burning ones happening at this coming weekend so i'm already beginning to think about how we can host our guests how we can gather young adults like that's just my life right let alone your life All the things that you've got going on, school's coming up in a couple of weeks. Some of you are beginning to think about how you get the books ready, how you get lunch boxes, uniforms need to be replaced. Kids have grown three shoe sizes, so whatever shoes that you bought at the end of last year aren't even gonna be big enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is being all of a sudden. And by the way, God, I will read the Chronological Bible sometime. You know, like, our priorities have shifted, our concerns have shifted. When we look at this passage of Scripture that we read in Matthew, Jesus comes and he goes, Hey, guys, I want to bring you back to the original intent. I want to bring you back to the original kingdom design that you were made for. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. In fact, what you should worry about is kingdom purposes. What you should be concerned about, and, and the, the way you find that, he says, Jesus draws our attention to the fact that God is taking care of the birds. He, he, he draws attention to the fact that, hey, this was, a, this was originally something that I was gonna ask you to do, in, you know, subdue all the earth, take dominion, rule over the fish, the birds, the animals, all those types of things. Listen, because you haven't been able to do that because of your fallen state in sin, I've taken care of everything this whole time, and not one bird has gone without except for when I wanted it to, wow. right? Like I've taken care of it, and if I can take care of the birds, I can take care of you, right? He, said, he points out the fact that uh, it, it, for all our worrying and all our concern and, and, and all the things that we, we, we're worried about, has it, has it ever made a difference? Ha, has it ever really changed anything? Ha, has it made us more money by worrying about it? Has it moved us closer to feeling fulfillment or contentment? Has it moved us? Uh, uh, has it made us better people? This worrying that we have? Has it changed anything for the better? Jesus points this out and he's like, no. You, you can't even add, some of the other versions, like this, you can't even make one hair of your head grow. You, you can't, like, we have so little control. What we need is a realignment with kingdom purposes. He goes on to point out that the flowers, they're taken care of, that God uses the bees to help flowers bloom, and, and, and in doing so, takes care of both the flowers and the bees, and I'm, I'm implying the bee fact, because that's obviously not mentioned specifically, but bees and flowers, they go together, okay? <laughs> Work with me here, people. <laughs> and he points all this out simply because he's a good God. He points all this out simply because he chooses to take care of those things, and he chooses to take care of you. Yeah. He chooses that in, no matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what you have going on as you enter into 2021, maybe remnants of 2020 are still with you and you've got to figure some things out as you enter the new year. Maybe you get a clean slate and it's a fresh start and, and you're looking at the year ahead and going, I'm genuinely excited for what this year could hold. But no matter what, Jesus says, you know what? I, I can take care of you. Jesus then gives us the key. This is the the thing that unlocks our purpose. He gives us the key in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says, but seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and these things will be added to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. All things involving the kingdom of God are found in Jesus. He is the fulfillment of all things kingdom-orientated. Therefore, when we find Jesus, we find our purpose. Yeah. We come to, to Jesus, we come to the finished work of Christ on the cross, and no matter where we come to, purpose can lead anywhere along, but we're only going to find it when we come to the cross. We're only going to find it when we come to Jesus and what he finished and accomplished for us. It's all found in Jesus. That, that is the key. That, that's our Why? We come to the cross, we seek first the kingdom. It's usually at this point that we start to ask how questions. Okay, how do I live out of the purpose that Jesus has for me? Or, or how do I seek Jesus first? Or, or how do I determine I'm going the right way or doing the right things? And, and we begin these how questions. But I would propose to you today that there's a better question to ask, and it's a why question. Why? Why did God save you? Why did God choose to create a way for you and for me? Why did God choose me? Why, why did God choose you? Why, why out of all the things in his creation did he choose us? Why did he choose us when we were still his enemy and separated from him with sin? These are the why questions. Why did God love us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us? Why? Listen, if, if Jesus is real, please get this. If Jesus is real, if what we're talking about is truth, it changes everything. If if what we're talking about, if what I'm articulating to you tonight is is of any truth, it changes everything. If there's a God and He there is and He loves you and He does, that changes everything. It means you're not just going through life. You're not just merely going through the motions. You're not merely just here to eat, sleep, breathe, and then one day die, and that was your you know that's how we remember you. No, you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose, and that purpose is found in Jesus and it changes everything. We cannot go through another year, we cannot go through another month, another week, another day, another moment, without letting the truth of Jesus Christ affect and transform our reality and the way we live. Please, do something with your one and only life. This is it, there is no rehearsal. There is no practice run. This is your life, and wherever you're up to in that, that span of time between beginning and end, Whatever you've got left, you've got to make it count. We've all got to make it count. And if we do, we could change the world. If we do, we could change the world. If you and I begin to live with purpose and begin to see the world around us transformed because people see our lives lived on purpose and they want something that we've got on the inside of us, that they see something lived out of us, they go, I want what you've got. I want to live with that sense of fulfillment. I want to walk in that sense of peace. How is it you're not struggling with mental health issues? How is it that you, your finances are always seem to be under control? How is it that you've always got a handle on your time? How is it, and you go, well, you know what? I'm living for purpose bigger than myself. I'm living for a cause greater than than just me. I'm living for something that was foreordained by the very hand of God. What, you believe in that God stuff? Yeah, you don't. Our purpose is found in Jesus. And when we wrestle with it, listen, I've found that when we wrestle with the why questions, when we really grapple with them and we come to terms with them, when we allow them to transform us and, 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 and change the way we see reality, The only valid response, listen, the only valid response is to repeat the words of a famous missionary, C.T. Studds, and he says this if Jesus Christ be God and died for me, then no sacrifice can be too great to make for him. That's the only valid response. Like if we're if we're legitimately honest with ourselves. If there's a God and he did all that he did for me, he came, he died, he lived the life that I couldn't live, died the death I should have died, and then rose again to justify me before God forever and ever and gave me the opportunity to live with him forever and ever if I just believe in him, the only response is, okay, God, have my life. What do you want from me? I'll do anything, go anywhere, be anyone you want me to be because you've already done the most amazing miracle in my life. You've saved me. You've taken care of me. You've brought me into a relationship with a loving, caring God who I didn't even know existed except for his grace and mercy to reveal himself to me. God, what do you want from my life? It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. I hold nothing back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't possibly respond in any other way than to say, I'm yours, take me. Do what you want with my life. I'll give you everything. Listen, a calling... A calling found away from the cross leaves mankind empty and lost. A calling found at the cross awakens the soul to live every day for the King and His approval. We live our lives. When we wrestle with these why questions, when we wrestle with these these, these the fact that Jesus is real and He did what He did for me, then, we, then then we begin to ask some of the other questions, like the how questions. You know, when... When we ask people to apply for the internship, um, we, we ask them to do a little two-minute video. This is just prepping you for when you do your application. Um, and the two-minute video is, a, is a, it's to answer two questions. We ask, hey, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? And why do you want to do the internship? The first question brings to memory or brings to the forefront of their thinking, Jesus. Jesus. It, it, there's a reason behind why we ask this question because the first question goes, hey, do you remember Jesus? Do you remember how he saved your life? And, and hopefully the response is, oh, I remember that. I remember how he, he called me. I remember how he chose me. I remember how he forgave me. I remember how I was lost and then I was found. I remember. I remember Jesus. This is my story about how Jesus saved me. And then we ask, why do you want to do the internship? Because it helps them to wrestle with a why. It brings back to the forefront. And right at the beginning, they're reminded of their why. This is why I'm doing this. This is going to change my life. This is going to grow me to be a bigger person. This is going to prepare me for my next. This is going to be preparing me for what God's called me to do in the future. This is going to transform my life. All the things that the internship does. We need to do that same thing with the application on life. Going, hey, how did Jesus save me? Remember that. Bring that to the forefront of your thinking all the time. Bring that to memory every time. And then remember your why. Bring to the why right after that. Bring that why. You know what? I'm here to make a difference. Pastor Dan so eloquently put it this morning. His life purpose, the reason he's here is to change the world one person at a time. He brings that why to the forefront of his thinking all the time. When he wakes up every day, why am I here today? I'm going to change the world one person at a time. Could be the person in the grocery store. Could be my neighbor. Could be the the person I come across as I'm going about whatever you're. And the same is for you. But the way you find that is coming back to going, seek first the kingdom. Okay, that's right, I remember. You saved me. What do you want me to do today? Yep, okay, I'm gonna do that. Seek first. Bring back, bring back, when we answer the why question, we're then equipped to answer the how question. The how question is a matter of priorities. It's a matter of predetermining that your life will contribute contribute to kingdom purposes. It's, It's about aligning your purposes, going, you know what, how is making sure that that's first. The finished work of Jesus is first. How is about making sure that the, the alignment's right. It goes God first above all else. Then it's going to be my wife or spouse. Or, or then it's going to be my children. Then it's going to be the things after that, like study or work or whatever it is after. And it, how is about aligning your purposes. How is about aligning the things of God. Modern culture promotes the realization and the actualization of self. Kingdom culture promotes the denial, the destruction, and the death of self for kingdom purposes. Matthew 10, verse 39 says, if you seek your life, you'll lose it, but if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Real life, real purpose is found in Jesus. Jesus said in John ten ten, he said, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly, life to the full. The enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The world and its promotion of self comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, he says, that you may have life and life to the full. We begin to answer the how questions. Listen, we have to do something with our one and only life. We have to use it to, to advance the kingdom. We have to use it to, to promote the, the God that we so willingly love and serve and, and do in this place. We have to do it out there as well. We have to take the truth of what we know in here and take it into our workplace, take it into our university, take it into our schools. Do something with your one and only life. Do you remember what it was like to be saved? Do you remember what it was like to go from being lost and then found? Do you you remember what it was like to go from hopelessness to hope and a future? Do you know what it was like? Do you remember what it was like to go from death to life and wandering aimlessly to walking with purpose and being commissioned? Listen, once we answer the why question, then we answer the how questions, we're then equipped to answer the where question. And where is more important than what? So many times we get hung up on what I'm going to do or what's next for me or or what's this. But the the bigger question or the better question to ask is where? And by this I mean it's more important that that we direct the activities where we direct the activities of our life. Where are you contributing towards? Where are you directing your life towards? Is it towards kingdom purposes or worldly endeavors? Is it towards Christ-likeness or is it towards popularity? Is it towards uh, feeling good about myself and feeling happy? Or is it towards living on purpose and being able to contend with the world around you? This is the greatest thing you can do with your life. What we do here, the the, the things of God, the things of the church, the, the things of the kingdom of God, it is the greatest cause we get to be a part of. There is no greater news. There is no greater purpose. There is no greater cause than the cause of Jesus Christ. This is it. This is the best thing. I don't know about your life, but cancel everything else. This is it. Life in Jesus Christ, life on kingdom purpose, is the best way you can spend your life, is the best way you can align your life, is the best way you can direct your life. Where are you going to direct your life? To what end? To what purpose? Then we answer the who question. Who are you going to become? Who are you going to impact? Who are you going to lead? Who are you going to influence? Who are you going to serve? This is where we begin to think about things like discipleship. First discipling our families and, and then discipling those around us. For me, I, I'm, I'm sold out to the idea of discipling a generation. That a generation, that, that I, I'm, I'm captivated by the thought that we're one generation away from extinction. That if our generation doesn't pass on to the next generation the great works of Jesus Christ, then that generation isn't going to pick up. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is is at the end of Joshua, it says that a generation grew up that did not know the God of Joshua and so they turned away from the Lord their God. I don't want that to be said of my generation. I want it to be said of my generation that they, 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 they not only told the next generation, but they demonstrated with power, that they walked in influence that they gave sacrificially, that they served courageously, that they spent their life giving to the purposes of God. Listen, this year, make your contribution. Who are you gonna become? Make sure you're here every week in church, at least for one service. Get involved in a life group that, that meets together regularly serve regularly in whatever your capacity is. If you're a lawyer, why don't you come and approach Pastor Sam and Carolina and say, hey, how can I offer you law services? If you're a businessman, how can you contribute financially or, or, or through the stock or whatever your business does? If, if you're a tradesman, how can you come and do things around the church? Make a contribution to this place because this is the church of Jesus Christ. This is the church that carries the good news, that has a hope for humanity in all its weakness, in all its failures, in all its depravity, in all that it it wrestles with every day. We carry the hope of humanity. His name is Jesus. And every time we come back, we come back to this place, this point right here at the cross. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. Okay, God, I remember why you saved me. I remember what you did for me. I remember why I'm, I'm doing this again. Listen, when we answer the who question, then, we, then we're able to answer the what. What do I do? I wanna give you three or four really practical things that you can do to figure out your what. What moves you? What are you passionate about? What makes you really happy or what makes you really angry? What upsets you? What, what do you find wrong in the world that you wanna solve? What problem? What moves you? What gets your emotions? Is it, is it abortion? Is it slavery? Is it racism? Are these some of the issues? That, I know they're huge issues, but maybe, maybe you're just the person that God wants to use to solve one of those problems. Maybe you're just the person that God's equipped with unique talents and unique skills and a unique upbringing and a unique perspective on the life that might just bring something new to that conversation, something new to that dilemma. What moves you? What gets you stirred? What what makes you want to wake up in the morning and do something with your life? Passion, Pastor Mark says, is the great persuader. What gets you passionate about? Second thing is, what are your gifts and talents? You need to identify what, what you're good at and what you're not good at. Spend as much time as possible doing the things that you're good at and building those strengths. Number three, where do you find fruit in your life? Where are you bearing fruit? Where where are you seeing success? Where are you seeing favor? Where are things opening up for you? Maybe beyond what you thought possible from your own schemes. Number four, wise counsel. What are are people speaking to you about? What what are people encouraging you in? The Bible talks about seeking wise counsel. But life can also be a, a great counselor. Maybe you've tried some things before and it didn't work out. Okay, let's try something else. As long as we continue to move forward, as long as we continue to come back to the cross and seek first the kingdom, God's going to lead us. It's better. It, 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 I've written here. It's easier to move a, a, a to direct a moving ship than one that's stuck in the harbor. Get out. Try some things. Do something. Try something. Pastor Mark says all the time. Well, when was the first time? When was the last time you did something for the first time? Your life was made to matter. And then finally, we answer the when question. And the answer to that is now. Now is your moment. Now is our time. Don't waste another minute. Don't waste 2021. I don't know what 2020 had for you. I know it was all over the place for a lot of us. We're all navigating at that as best we could. But you can see right now where you stand the next day in front of you. This is your moment. As a church, this is our moment. Are we going to take hold of it? Are we going to move with it? Are we going to... Play our part, make our contribution, do our bit. I want it said of me that when I get to the end of 2021 that I, 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 I took this year for all it was worth. That's not to say that I'm gonna get it right every time, but I'm gonna keep coming back to this point. I'm gonna keep coming back to the finished work of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna keep coming back to seek first the kingdom. And I, I promise you that this year I'm gonna do something with my life. I'm going to lay it before God and say, use me however you want. Tonight, some of you, your next decision is the most crucial one. Because for some of you here, you don't know God. You don't have a relationship with Him. You're, you're, talking, you're hearing me rant along tonight, getting very worked up over the fact that this Jesus guy is very real and, and really important. And you don't know the Jesus that I know. You don't know Him the way I know Him. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.